Lulu, and welcome back to the More Money Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Morehouse, and this is episode 390 of the show. And I have, as I teased last week, if you were listening, I have Benjamin Quattaru on the show, or should I say doctor? Because he's a professor and has a PhD and, you know, just sounds fancier. But Dr. Benjamin Quattaru, he is on the show to share some of his wisdom and insight into something that he's been a part of since 2019. And I'm talking about the very popular McGill Personal Finance Essentials Free Online Course, which has been super, super successful. I've taken it myself, of course, because it's free. And over 200,000 other people have signed up for it. So, I mean, you're, you're going to sign up for it after listening to this episode, I guarantee it. But uh, a little bit more about Benjamin. So he joined McGill University's Faculty of Management in 2000, where he still teaches introductory finance, investments, and theoretical asset pricing at the undergrad, master's, and doctoral levels. And so it only kind of makes sense that he got involved and is the academic director of the McGill Personal Finance Essentials online course. But not only that, you know, besides being a professor and being involved in this course, he is also a researcher, obviously, and has presented some of his incredible research at the American Finance Association and the Western Finance Association meetings, as well as other conferences and universities in Europe and North America. And his research has even been published in leading journals, including the Journal of Financial Economics, Management, Science, and the Review of Financial Studies. Long story short, this guy knows a thing or two about money. And we really get into it in this episode. So I know you're going to absolutely love it. So without further ado, and also just a reminder, if you want to watch this episode instead of just listening to it, if you want to see what we both look like, why not just go to my uh, YouTube channel. It is there, jessicamorehouse.com slash YouTube, or just type in Jessica Morehouse into YouTube and you will find the channel. You can subscribe and you can see all of my videos, but also all of the, the podcast episodes that are now video podcasts for your viewing pleasure. But anyways, let's get to that episode with Ben. Welcome, Benjamin. Thank you so much for joining me on the More Money Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on because I think this course that has been around now, I think for a few years, the McGill Personal Finance Essentials course, which is absolutely free. What a great resource. I've I, I took it myself. I think several years ago. So I'm sure it's gone through many iterations and updates since then. So I think this is, uh, I'm really excited to, to share so people can try it out for themselves. So welcome. Good morning, Jessica. Yeah, I'm very excited too. I'm very proud of this course and very pleased with the, the success uh, it has obtained over the last few years. Yeah, so so let's let's start with you first because I know you uh, had a, a very important hand in creating it and launching it. How did it all get started? Uh, it actually started with um, a discussion between Ardine at the Desotel Faculty of Management at McGill University. Ardine had a conversation uh, with people from RBC, from the Royal Bank, and they were launching a big, uh, a big initiative, something they call Future Launch, and the objective is to invest as part of their um, philanthropic activities. The objective was to better prepare young Canadians for life. Yeah, you know, give them yeah, life something that we're not really prepared for. I mean, I, I'm sure you hear it from people who finish the course being like, I wish something like this existed yeah. when I was in high school yeah. and earlier. And unfortunately, most of us don't start our Absolutely. personal finance education until yeah. I mean, for me, it was after university. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, absolutely. Uh, I think basic personal finance should be taught in 
high school, if not junior high school, because yeah. yes, finance, if you want to know everything, if you want to uh, to have a career in finance, maybe yeah. it's complicated, but I really feel what makes, in my opinion, at least 90% of the difference is pretty basic. And absolutely everybody is able to understand and to uh, to learn how to avoid the big mistakes. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So so it's it's how long has the course been around now? Uh, it's been around for, uh, it's about four years now. Oh, wow. And we're, I don't have the latest figure, but we're definitely, we're well, well over a quarter million people. So hopefully wow. we might have reached 300,000. I'm not sure, but absolutely. Yeah. It's been uh, very pleased with this. It's been more successful than, than what we expected. So of course that shows that there's mm-hmm. a real, a real need. A real demand mm-hmm. for this kind of thing. Absolutely. And Wow, three hundred thousand—that's a lot. I, I'm curious. Um, are you able to get any, you know, sense of what students were able to take away, or what some of the feedback was once they were able to finish the course? And I think it's also really great. People love a certificate. You get a certificate after the course. People love that. I like yep. it. You get, you get that little here. You accomplish yep. something. So I'm curious. What what is kind of some of the general feedback you're getting from students who finish it? Uh, the feedback has been very positive. I think we found uh, we find the right format that's attractive to people. We've had a really good, um, you know, technical team. I mean, it's been done with a professional. Uh, it's not been done, you know, on Zoom in uh, yeah. in my office. It's been done with a professional uh, video production team. Uh, that's very good. So I think we found the right format. I think we found the right uh, topics. Uh, by the way, as you, as you mentioned, uh, so the course has been around for four years, uh, but we have been updating the modules. And we've also uh, launched some um, recently two new optional optional modules on the crypto crypto assets and uh, sustainable investing. So yeah. we've been we've been trying to uh, well teach people the basics about some of the topics that are really uh, topical trendy these days. Yeah, I I think because I'm still on the email list, I got an email saying, "Oh, there's some new bonus material." Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's I I think that's amazing because that's the other thing with finance is. Although the foundations are pretty much, they, they're pretty standard budgeting, yep. investing, like it's pretty standard. There are, as we've seen over just the course of, you know, 5, 10, 15 years, there's been so many new developments. Yep. Like ESG was not something that we talked about back Absolutely. then. Crypto was not something that we talked about, but now they're being talked about. And I think it's really important to have some, you know, very uh, organized and, and fact-checked information yep. in the course, because I'm sure what you've seen, too, is a lot of, there's a lot of information out there, a lot of misinformation. Absolutely. But I like what you said about the basic principles of finance yeah. are not changing. You know, they've been around for hundreds of years. And um, the, ca- the kind of bubbles that we've seen recently for certain types of investments, they've literally been around for hundreds of years. So yeah, I think the key yeah. thing is that, yes, there are innovations and a lot of them, uh, uh, you know, of course, there's been a lot of negative things in the news. You know what happened with um, uh, some some crypto assets, for example. Uh, but I think there have been many positive developments in recent years. Uh, basically, uh, a more democratic access to uh, to investing at a lower cost than what used to be uh, to be available. So lots of exciting developments. Yeah. Some good, but also some additional risks. But the basic principles of finance, you know, the basic mistakes uh, that people make and that people should learn how to avoid, they're, they're not uh, they're not changing that much. 
Yeah, which for me is like, you know, that's a nice that's a nice thing, because what the feedback I get from people, especially as they are starting to like listen to my podcast, start to to educate themselves about personal finance, it can be overwhelming. There's a lot to know. Like you said, if you want to have a career in this, that is kind of a different situation. You can go so many different routes. It can be as complex as you want. But um, when it comes to like organizing it, doing it on your own, it doesn't have to be that simple. So I'm curious when you created the syllabus for the course. How did you know what to, what should be in there? What was crucial to be in there for students? I think we had to convince. So when we talked about the people, um, so by the way, one thing that I want to say is that, mm-hmm. um, so as I mentioned, the course has been funded by RBC, by the Royal Bank Foundation. But I want to, and they, we, we talked to them at the beginning of the course, uh, we talked about the general topics we would discuss. But I want to stress that they've been very good. Uh, they've not influenced the contents. There's not uh, like yeah. some and you know, sales or ads I'm, I'm often, in there. So one yeah. thing, by the way, I wanted to say when I heard you talk about finance looking complicated is that I think part, one reason for this is that the financial industry has a tendency to make it look more complicated yes. than it should be uh, because, of course, it makes it easier for them to charge to charge more money. Mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. And, and inflate yeah. their profits so i'm often very suspicious about the the financial <laughs> industry and i think i, I think, think it's good uh, to have a good level be, just a absolutely. baseline level of, of suspiciousness yeah. of, of suspicion absolutely. i'm the exact yeah. same way it's yeah. like you've always you cannot, gotta um, take everything with a grain of salt be careful but this is yeah. why i think it's so important for people and this is what i've been telling people for years and years yeah. and years why it's so important that you have to take your finances mm-hmm. uh in your own hands you cannot absolutely just hand it over to a professional and hope that they are going to do a great job because yeah. how will you know if they are if you don't yeah. know what they're doing no, no, you can, <laughs> what i tell people is that you can so there are a lot of good people uh, good finance professionals that can mm-hmm. help you but you cannot get 100 percent of your information from people who are trying to sell you something exactly. i tell people you have to educate yourself and get your information well from sources that are more objective and I believe the course the course is one of them. So I'm hoping that people will get more information, read. Yeah. There are a lot of great books that exist. Uh, but yeah, I, I, so what I wanted to say is that the course, uh, RBC, has not influenced the, the, contents the content of the course. Great. I mean, I think that's yeah, really in, important because mm. that is the other problem. And, and, and I... I get this, uh, you know, myself as someone who is a quote unquote influencer, I work with brands. It's really important when it comes to the educational component to make sure you aren't influenced. Uh, you know, you are. Yeah, you're, you're, you're putting the information out there that's actually going to help people. But it's, it's hard when you're looking online. There's a lot of people that say yeah. certain things and you're like, are you saying this because it's true? It's factual or you believe it? Or are you saying this because you're getting paid to say it or, or, or you have some other you, you are a professional working for this bank or whatever? It's like you it's it's like any industry. There's always going to be other factors out there. But again, that's why it's so important to educate yourself so you can figure those things out or yeah. take everything with a grain of salt. Right. Yeah, but it's not just people who are paid to to pass certain yeah. message. It's just people get too excited. And exactly. uh, of course, nowadays with the internet, every every anybody can post whatever they want. So you cannot. Everyone has a strong opinion about something. Yeah. yeah. You cannot. Yeah. Uh, and they don't always exactly know what they're talking about yeah so when i when, when people ask me where to get information i there are some very good books mm-hmm. i would say well i'm curious what are yeah. some what are some of your your top books what ones that um, you'd like to recommend so there's a classic so it's a book that has been around for 50 years but it's actually been updated uh, updated uh, regularly and there's a new edition that came uh, that came out i think just the last few months 
Uh, it's a book that's called a Random Walk Down Wall Street oh, by yeah. Burton mm-hmm. Molkiel. And I think it's a, it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic book. Yeah. And what's interesting, uh, when it came out 50 years ago, it was quite innovative. And, uh, it's, it's, and it was, it came under heavy criticism, I'm sure. But, um, it, it's been, um, as you know, more data has been available over the last 50 years. The central message of this book has, has only become, become stronger. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, and, uh, I mean, there are, uh, there are a few, certainly some other, other resources. Uh, there's, a, there's an offer that I like very much. I would say the, ma- the majority of his books are maybe a tad too advanced for somebody who would be just starting, but he actually wrote a very short uh, pamphlet that's available for free online. So, um, and it's called If You Can. So I, f- I believe that if you just Google, if you can, it's the first thing that shows up. Uh, and uh, the author's name is William Bernstein. Bernstein. And uh, yeah, what's interesting is that he was not originally a finance professor, uh, finance professional. Uh, he's actually a doctor. Oh, and yeah. And got mm-hmm. into, interested in, in finance and he wrote some great books. And now I think he does that for a living. But uh, there's a short pamphlet that's uh, targeted toward young people. Uh, and it includes some suggestions for further reading. So if you want to read one thing that's fun, that's very accessible, uh, that probably takes less than one hour to read, just Google if you can, available for free. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's the, the other important thing. I'm just thinking back to when I was starting my journey. When it comes to books, it is, I feel like, actually very important to start with books that are at your kind of yep. uh, literacy level mm-hmm. because I remember reading some mm-hmm. that were more complex and then it honestly had the opposite effect. It wasn't like, oh, I learned yeah. all this stuff that was more advanced. No. It it scared me. No, <laughs> and then I didn't want, then I retreated. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then it just like hits your confidence a little bit. Mm. So it's really important to like find those books that are at your level. And then as mm. you develop, you know, no, more, you know, literacy, give, uh, you can, you know, keep going. Yeah, I can give you one, uh, one other example, something that came out recently that I thought, so don't agree with 100%, but I still yeah. feel overall it's very good, very accessible. Yeah. Uh, it's a book called Balance by Andrew. I think the author oh, I had is him on Andrew the show. Hallam. I love Andrew. Yeah. That's a great book. Yeah. yeah it's very accessible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, what I yeah. like is that he talks about um, fin- personal finance. The, the way I think people should talk about it is that it's it's part of wellness, right? People are very, uh, a lot of people are very interested, you know, what they eat, how to exercise, but they feel finance is too complicated. They don't want to touch that. But actually, I don't think it's more complicated. Plus, uh, for a lot of people, uh, money is the number one source of stress. You know, so so personal finance, it's not just about having more money. It's about feeling more secure and uh, eventually yeah. happier. Happy, yeah, having balance in your life in all areas. But um, yeah, it's, it's so true that you yeah, say yeah. that. I talk to people all the time and it's like everything else in my life is good. The one thing I just, I yeah. keep avoiding or I cannot yeah. figure out is yeah. money. And absolutely, yeah. and I'm not saying that money buys happiness. I don't think no, that's the but... case. But sadly, <laughs> money troubles are a major, major yeah. obstacle. Yeah, right? and, so and even, if you yeah. understand money yeah. and you have, and and you can figure out a way to get enough to to cover your needs and everything else, it does. I mean, yeah, that's what I found. Like I struggled, and I did have maybe more issues in other areas of my life, whether that was my health, my fitness, my mental health, when I didn't have the finance stuff figured out. And once 
we can integrate that into your life. And then you realize it's not that complex. You absolutely are capable. And I believe just like you, everyone is capable of learning this stuff and integrate into their lives. It may take time and that's okay. It will, you'll see an improvement in all the other areas of your life. Everything else will seem less amplified and intense. You're like, oh, okay, we can breathe again. Yeah, completely. Yeah. So with that, I, I, I want to kind of dive into some of the uh, components in the course. I think it's really well organized. I also really appreciate that there's even a section on behavioral finance, which I think is uh, being talked about more and in, in more um, kind of uh, broad things. Like I talk about it a lot on the podcast now because, you know, for when I first started in, in personal finance, everyone was just talking about the how to's, the numbers, the math of it. They never talked about behavior. And that's usually the thing that trips people up is why do I keep I know what to do and I'm just not doing it. I don't know why it's the behavior. But um, to kind of go back to the beginning of this course, we really start at the kind of foundation budgeting and saving. I feel like people get sick of hearing that term budgeting, but it is one of those components where it's like if you don't have that you can't really move forward with other areas. You want to kind of talk a little bit about what are some of those key elements so people can start off on the right foot. Yeah, uh, well, we try, you know, to organize the course uh, basically around the the main steps in someone's financial journey. So yes, before uh, obviously before you can do anything, well, you need to start saving at least a little bit and having a budget might help. So there's a module of uh, budgeting, a module of borrowing, because of course, it's nice to save, but in many circumstances, it makes sense to borrow money. But there are many different ways to borrow money, and they're not all the same. There are big differences. Uh, there's a module, um, a couple, there's a module about investing, a module, so maybe something that doesn't sound too exciting for young people, a retirement planning. Which I think is really yeah, important because, like you said, we talk, especially young people, we talk about investing. We don't really talk about the key elements of retirement planning. And that can be like just so, 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 so important um, to figure out yeah. as, as <laughs> really, no, how, people, like what, uh, especially as a Canadian. I don't think most people understand some of the programs that we have. Absolutely. And I think... Um, so again, I understand for, for maybe for millennials, it's not very exciting to think about retirement, but uh, people should think about the purpose. You know, what what are they investing for? And for most people, it's for retirement and to take care of your kids, of your family. Okay, so definitely understanding uh, how retirement works, how much you might need. Uh, well, that can be, that can help, that can help a lot. A lot in your planning and having, uh, yeah, having realistic expectations. How much do you, how much do you have to save? That's very helpful. Uh, we do have a module about uh, about real estate. So of course we cannot tell people, you know, should they buy? When is the time to buy? We don't tell them that, but still we give them, I think, a good idea of the main factors to uh, to take into consideration. And, and for real a, estate, is it is it investing in real estate or home ownership? Or, no, or we're both? talking mostly about home ownership. Okay. Because yeah. I think for okay. most people, it's the, for a lot of people, it's yeah. the, it's really the number one financial decision in uh, in your life. Yes. Uh, yes. We do have a module, as you mentioned, on uh, behavioral finance. So learning a yeah. little bit about your psychology, how it interacts with how it interacts with financial issues, I think it's very useful. Unfortunately, um, human psychology is not very well uh, adapted to to finance to investing. So I think if you know, and probably it has to do with the fact that uh, humans evolved over hundreds of thousands of years. And for most of that time, there was no finance. There were no financial markets, right? So um, 
yeah, just naturally people may don't naturally take um, make the right decisions. Uh, so I think knowing a little more about basic human psychology, yeah. knowing about the mistakes that you're likely to make if you're not very careful can be very powerful to help you mm-hmm. avoid the, the main mistakes. Absolutely. Like, especially I feel like often when we make a financial mistake, we blame ourselves as an individual on the individual level thinking like, oh, my gosh, I'm bad at money or I don't know. I, I you know, Everybody what have you. And uh, yeah, exactly. Everyone's I'm, actually I'm, naturally I'm, bad at money. Yeah, I've improved. <laughs> I've learned. I've, you know, I tell people a lot. Uh, here are the mistakes to avoid. Sometimes maybe I forget to mention yeah, I've made I'm all like, the we're, mistakes. We're, well, that's the thing. It's like yeah. we're only human. We're going to make those Absolutely. mistakes too because no, no, we just and, fall uh, into those traps. Yeah. We get the the emotions. And, and like you said, because money has not actually been around for that long yeah. historically, we're still running off of, uh, you know, behaviors that were learned back in the Stone Ages that we have not unlearned. And so we're, yeah. we have to constantly try to regulate that and figure out a path forward, which is not easy to do at all times, especially, I mean, I'm sure you saw a lot of this too, during COVID when everyone was just freaking out and didn't know what to do, that uh, people made a lot of mistakes because we were just running the show off of emotions and not logic, (laughs) which is difficult to manage. Yeah. Yeah. No, I tell one thing I, uh, I like to tell people and uh, it's probably something I, I read in a book that stuck with me is that investing, I think it, it's relatively simple. Again, maybe if you want to know everything, it's not simple, but I really feel uh, that what makes at least 90% of the difference is very simple. Uh, but simple is not the same thing as easy. Yeah. And it's like, and one thing, and again, it's something I read somewhere, but it's a good, um, I think it's a good comparison. It's a little like losing weight, you know? Losing weight is simple because you know that if you um, if you eat less, if you move more, you are going to lose weight. It's a certainty, but it's not, not easy, easy to, to put it into and practice. Certainly, and certainly, I'm, a, I'm an <laughs> example saying, of that. It's like a lifetime struggle. It's like yeah. I know what to do. It's just hard yeah. to actually do it, and that's the exact yeah. same thing with and money. It's the same isn't thing. It? It's the same thing with investing. Um, yeah, it sounds simple, but it's not easy to avoid the big mistakes because you have to fight uh, your own psychology. And to some extent, you have to fight the financial industry that, you know, the, you, you have to realize that, well, they, uh, they make money by taking it from their customers, which is fine, of course, because they provide a valuable service. And we want financial institutions that are profitable because it makes the financial system safer. But uh, that's not a reason to give them more than, the, than what's fair, than the minimum. Okay. And of course, well, they're, uh, they're not charities. They want to make money. Uh, they can't resist the temptation to take a little more from investors, from their clients, uh, than uh, well than the minimum, certainly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they yeah, spend I mean, they spend is... a lot of uh, of marketing money to well make you uh, spend the minimum in uh, more than the minimum in financial services. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mm-hmm. And there's certain, I mean, yeah, just talking about the marketing of it all. I mean, one thing that I hear often from people in my audience or people who enter, I have an investing course uh, that I sell as well. And the number one thing that I hear is like, uh, you know, I ask like, oh, are you currently investing? They're like, yeah, sort of. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm using well simple. And I'm like, that makes sense because well simple spent a lot of money on marketing. Hmm. But the thing that they didn't really provide that we need to kind of fill in that gap, unfortunately, is as our own, you know, people, individuals, is the education component. You don't want to just open an account and then you're like, shoot, I don't actually know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know? So it's 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 again, there's always there's always some gaps and it's like this is why this course, I think, is so valuable. This will, will be a great yeah. entry point into filling Absolutely. in some of those gaps so you can feel more confident and knowledgeable and feel good about what you're doing, whether it's sticking with what you're doing and they're like, okay, great, I am doing it right. Or be like, oh, gosh, no, this is not right. I need to change something. No, no, I tell people there's most likely, so that stuff is very important, of course, but most likely there's no emergency, right? It can wait, uh, yeah. whatever you do with your investments, for example, it can wait a few weeks yeah, Spend nothing's really going to happen in a time. few weeks. Yeah. It's unlikely. Yeah, it's very Spend unlikely. a little bit of time getting some some knowledge from objective sources that are not trying to sell you anything. And uh, and then you can think uh, think about a plan. Don't. There's no need to rush. Yeah, no, I think that's something that yeah does not get talked about. You hear a lot of, oh, the sooner you start, the better. And that's then I right. think that's what creates that yep. sense of urgency. Like, well, I got to start now. But it's yep. like, you can take a few days, you can take a few weeks, exactly. you can take a few months. Yep. Don't take a few years, you know, if you can, you yep. know, start sooner than later. But you don't have to rush. You don't have Absolutely. to do something and then be like, wait, what What was I doing? You know, like you're not just like just going back to the fitness idea. It's like you're not going to just start a detox because you want to start losing weight right away. It's like, whoa, maybe do some research to be like, is that actually healthy? Is that actually going to work? Is, you know, find out all the details before diving in. Um, just to kind of talk a, a touch on uh, the few bonus components, because I know those are relatively new. The responsible investing component. Do you want to kind of speak to to that? Because that is definitely a, a topic that is becoming a lot more uh, popular. People want to talk about, especially young people. Yeah, I I mean we just tried to clarify uh, clarify what uh, what it means. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so about responsible investing. Okay, it's something I feel a little uh, uncomfortable talking about it because I don't <laughs> want to look like a bad person. Yeah. But I just feel um, I think there's a lot of people who feel that by doing this they're going to get higher returns. And I don't think it's completely realistic. So I'm not against, of course, I'm not against responsible investing, responsible investing, uh, but I think you have to do it for the right reasons. And I think there were some surveys that actually showed that uh, the majority of people felt that they would get higher returns by investing in the in the right businesses, the responsible in businesses. And sadly, that's what I tell my my students, you know, investing, it's not a morality competition. Yeah. Right. The higher returns, mm -hmm. uh, doing the right thing is not uh, is not always uh, always <laughs> yes. You know, unfortunately, life is sometimes not fair, and financial markets are definitely um, definitely not fair. So, what I tell people about responsible investing is, well, again, get don't get too excited, don't jump, don't jump in it, don't I would say uh, invest 100 percent of your um, 
uh, of your portfolio in uh, in green businesses. And if you want to to do it, do it for the right reasons. And I would say, well, the right reasons could be uh, because it makes you feel better. And of course, I think that certainly um, certainly um, a good justification for doing this. And also, uh, yes, if you if you feel you are more pessimistic than average, uh, if you if you think that uh, global warming, for example, is going to become even worse than what's expected, and certainly let's uh, let's not hope we're uh, let's hope we're not going there. But then investing more in green businesses uh, might make sense, uh, basically as a risk management strategy, because this type of businesses. Uh, might do better if things become uh, become even worse, but uh, again, I tell people don't don't just do it like like many people because you think that's the future and that's how uh, you're going to make more money. Um, the other thing I want to say is that yes, companies care about uh, sustainable investing, but yet there are some reasons to doubt uh, the effectiveness of sustainable investing. I can give you. Maybe one or two examples. Uh, for example, what you've seen, I guess I can, I can quote one company, I don't think they care, um, the big uh, food company Nestle, uh, what they did is that they, uh, they sold uh, their, um, their bottled water business to a private company. Okay, and bottled water, well, as you know, it's an industry that, uh, that's not green, that consumes, that consumes a, lot, uh, a lot of plastic. So that's one thing you see. Uh, if you're a company and your uh, your shareholders are demanding, you know, that you become greener, uh, well, some things that might happen is what I explained. Uh, basically, uh, selling selling your um, selling your uh, the part of your business that are not so green uh, to people to private companies, which means companies that are extremely difficult to control. So, are definitely there's definitely the potential for some unintended consequences of sustainable investing, that uh, that that might be uh, that might be dangerous. Yeah, it's like that didn't actually but, fix um, the problem. Nestle just looks better, <laughs> and they made some money from exactly. selling that part of their business. You're like, this didn't actually do any exactly. good. Um, I, and I just to kind of reiterate one of your points that I think you were getting at is when a lot of people are focused on, I want to do responsible investing. Mm -hmm. They can do what some other investors do if they're really into tech or, or some, mm. you know, particular sectors, get too concentrated and just be in investing yep, in those absolutely. types of companies where it's like diversification is key. Absolutely. Always. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no. And one example I want to give is that I think a lot of people, uh, again, are investing in, in green businesses because they think it's the future. And yeah, yeah, that might be true. Uh, but one thing that's true in that's uh, that's true in investing. It's been true for a long time. Is that you know having an industry that you think is the is the future. Well, it does not mean it's going to deliver great performance for investors. And uh, and there's a great example of this, and it's something that uh, that I read uh, a long time ago, but it really stuck with me. I read that in an interview of um, Warren Buffett, the legendary investor. So uh, I think it's a credible name in investing. And uh, he gave the following example. He gave the example of, uh, you know, uh, if you can think of one industry that throughout the, during the 20th century completely changed people's lives and went through incredible growth. So I asked my students, and uh, well, usually people uh, people guess pretty uh, pretty fast. It's the car industry, right? The car industry basically barely existed at the beginning of the 20th century. And of course, it went through incredible growth. 
So then you might think, well, it's such a pity that my great-great-great-grandparents didn't invest in the car industry, uh, all their money in the car industry at the beginning of the 20th century. We'd be multimillionaires by now. But as, actually, that's absolutely not true. Uh, the car industry as a whole uh, has not been generous, has not been good to investors. And one way to see this is that how many car manufacturers have existed at some point in the US in the 20th century? I also asked my students. And the answer is actually uh, several thousand. Mm. And what oh, happened yeah. to probably 99% of those several thousand? I think Buffett counted about, Warren Buffett counted about 3,000, but he he said in interview he does not think he was able to get the, the comprehensive mm-hmm. list. Well, most of them went out of business. Mm-hmm. Okay, because they yeah, are unless there. you invested in Ford or something, maybe. Exactly. But yeah, most people probably think of just like those big companies, yeah. Yeah. but not so, 3,000 so really, others that um, did not last. <laughs> so that's something. Uh, and there's another similar example is airlines. That's also an industry that changed people's life, went through incredible growth. It's been a disaster for investors. Very, very bad returns. And I think there's a little bit of the same uh, expectations about green green investing, green businesses. Uh, so yes, they might be the future. And let's hope they're part of the future because, uh, well, we need to do something about uh, climate change, right? But potential for future growth and changing people's lives does not mean automatically uh, great, good returns for investors. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's really uh, important. Kind of along the the same lines, talking about like the future and future growth. That's where I think the other bonus module about crypto is so important in blockchain. And a lot of people were talking about it, especially during uh, COVID when we're all stuck in our houses and people just were like, this is the future. We're not yeah. going to have cash anymore. It's all going to mm. be crypto. And then it didn't really go yeah. that way. <laughs> Though mm. people are starting to talk about it again now. Yeah. Um, but they were silent for a good while. Uh, yeah. What What is, is involved in that module? What are some of the key things that you wanted people to know? Because I'm sure you've seen this too. There's a lot of confusing and mi- misinformation yeah. out there. No, I would say uh, the number one thing I tell people about crypto, and that uh, it's something very basic, but that people seem to forget. Let's compare an investment in crypto and an investment in a stock. I mean, when you invest in stocks, you, as I'm sure your listeners know, you, you own a little, a little portion of a company, and hopefully the company is going to make profits that go to investors. So what this means is that when you invest in stocks, there's some money coming from outside the market that go to investors. And what this implies is that, uh, yes, the stock market is very risky, especially in the short term, but the odds are in your favor. Because there's that money coming from outside the system, outside the outside the market that go to investors. So even if you're not very good at inst- with stocks, on average, it's possible to make mistakes, of course. But on average, the odds are in your favor. Even if you're not very good, you can expect to make money. Crypto, well, that's not the same because there's no, with very few exceptions, but that are basically negligible. Uh, with crypto, it's not the same. There's no money coming from outside the market that go to investors. So if you invest in crypto, uh, well, the only way uh, that you that you're going to make money is if you find another investor who's going who's willing to buy your crypto for a higher price. And uh, well, if you look at history, that kind of um, that kind of phenomenon, you you can't really rely on this. Okay, so the odds are not in your favor. Uh, with crypto. So yeah, people have a tendency to forget that maybe cryptocurrencies 
uh, have a, a role to play as a means of a means of payment. And even mm-hmm. that is very questionable because of well, you've seen all the the volatility, the problems like... with uh, the volatility <laughs> and mm-hmm. the the safety issues. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh my god, the fraud, gosh. the fraud that has been taking so place. much fraud. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. people, people were, uh, I guess, lots of people were excited, you know, getting out of the traditional financial system, uh, decentralizing thing. But maybe what uh, what the last years have shown is that. Yes, the financial system is maybe too complicated, but there's a reason why we have all these institutions and these regulations, uh, because they greatly reduce the likelihood of fraud. But uh, I think people have had the tendency to forget yes, that, yes, it's possible uh, that crypto is going to change um, to change our life, that it's going to, to become very important as a mean of exchange of payment, but it does not mean that it's going to make a great investment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and no, it's and, a little uh, same thing as uh, well, keeping a pile of uh, a pile of dollars under your mattress. That's a terrible investment. Okay, even though of course dollars are used so much as a means of payment. Mm-hmm. You mentioned something, and I'm sure maybe this is touched on in the behavioral finance section, but um, how even though, like you said earlier, there's you can look at the the history to see what's probably going to happen in the future because. It's kind of the same stuff, yeah. maybe at different points in time, but it's yeah. pretty like, oh, I've seen something similar like this before. Why do you think we have such bad memories? I mean, people just forget or they just don't want to look back yeah. on the past. I think it's just the psychology. <laughs> but I like what you yeah. said, that history has a tendency to repeat itself in financial markets. But of course, it repeats itself in a way that uh, we, we, it's a bit different every time. It, it does not repeat itself in a way that would make it easy to forecast what's coming next. But still, uh, no, I tell people one of the best investments you can make with your time is learn about financial history because you'll have an idea of the, of the risks, the risks that are there and the mistakes not to, not to repeat. But uh, yes, people, I think, uh, have a short memory because they're, um, I mean, the big crisis happen in financial markets, but they don't happen that often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. and. Um, I think it's basically human human psychology that uh, yeah it's, it's just very hard to resist the temptation when a new type of investment uh, sounds very exciting. So what I remember very well, so it was the beginning of my investing life around the dot com the dot com craze around uh, 1990 2000. For a short time, I had the impression that everybody except me was making a killing in financial markets. And, you know, even though I knew, I, I mean, I knew about bubbles, people knew about bubbles yeah. still. Uh, when you see, when you have the impression that everybody except you is making a killing in financial market, it's very, very hard to resist the temptation. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I was saying about, you know, investing being simple, but not easy. Uh, well, it's not easy to resist the temptation, even if you know about bubbles. It's not easy to resist the temptation when you think that everybody's uh, doubling the mo- their money in a few months by investing in dot coms mm-hmm. or um, or cryptos. Very yeah, you feel like if temptation. I if they're doing it and I'm not doing it, am I yeah. the idiot? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, and the problem is that in uh, this type of situation, there are always some very convincing and qualified experts and very smart people who are mm-hmm. telling you, no, it's not a bubble. This time, it's different. Mm-hmm. So I tell people when you hear a version of this sentence, this time it's different. 
be very, very careful. Yeah. You're like, it's probably not different. Look at it. Yeah. Crack open those history books yeah. and see something similar. Yeah. I I feel like I see that. I saw that especially because um, I feel like the the uh, bubble and the, the, the crash and correction we saw during uh, COVID, which ha- it was different in that it was very condensed um, and quick because, again, we hadn't really experienced a pandemic like that before. But it was the first time that I'd ever really recognized. I'm like, this actually feels very similar to 2007, 2008, what was going on there. Different scenario, but the feeling in the air feels very, you know, uh, similar. But even with that, just like everybody else, it was hard for me to not feel that anxiety of like, should I take like, you know, people were like, should I put all my money into these tech, you know, Tesla and all these tech stocks? Or should I take all my money out because the money, you know, the market's going down. And I'm like, it was really hard just to take the advice that I give every person ever, which is like, stick with whatever. If you yeah. made a plan that's solid, stick mm-hmm. with it and don't do anything different. Yeah, yeah. Very difficult to yeah, no. put that into practice, no, when no, it, you, you know, especially uh, when all the financial headlines literally were saying yeah. different versions of this time is different. Everyone panic. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. But you remember what happened with the, the COVID crisis? The market went down over 50% uh-huh. in a very short time. Yeah. And it actually recovered amazingly quickly. And I know mm-hmm. very, very smart people who sold and I think we lost um, we lost yeah. quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, so I, I know there's so many great nuggets of information and, and additional resources that you rec- uh, recommend uh, people to dive into. I think, mm-hmm. personally, this course is such a great starting point. Or even if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you've, you've done research. I mean, I took this course just to see what was in there. I thought it was really well uh, organized and the content was so... I mean, again, it's like there's professors who are doing this. This is really, really uh, great and uh, put together. Um, where can people find more information? How can they register? Is it always available for people to register? How does it work? Uh, McGillPersonalFinance.com. Love it. And uh, you just Google McGill Personal Finance. Uh, so I feel a little embarrassed because it used to be that for technical reason, it was closed once in a while. Yeah. I yeah, believe I it's not the case. I believe it's not the case anymore. Yeah, I'm looking on the website and there's no yeah. timeline. So I think it might be just open yeah, enrollment yeah. now, which is great because yeah. what know, a great uh, yeah. thing to do. You know, this episode is airing yeah. in the new year. This is a great but, thing um, to do in the new year. <laughs> I always tell people, it's like if you, you know maybe spent a little too much or, or didn't maybe make some of the best decisions in 2023, that's okay. 2024 is here and you can write those mistakes. And yeah. this is a great opportunity that you can do from the comfort of your own home online yeah. for free. Again, for free. Yeah. Again, it's absolutely <laughs> free. Uh, it's yeah. been designed to be accessible to everyone who's willing to um, to spend uh, to spend a few hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, again, the information is, I'm not saying we always write about everything, but at least... Mm-hmm. We're objective. Yeah. We are not trying yeah. to sell you anything. Yeah, no, I think that's really important and hard to find. So thank you so much, uh, Benjamin, for coming on the show. Again, I think this is such a great resource for Canadians. and I'm so glad it's around. And I, I'm excited to see more students enroll. So thank you so much for taking the time to coming on uh, the podcast. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Jessica. It was my pleasure.
And that was episode 390 with Benjamin Quaturu. Make sure to check out the course that we were talking about throughout this episode. It's called the McGill Personal Finance Essentials online course. Again, like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, over 200,000 people have already signed up since it launched in 2019. And it is free. And you can find it at McGillPersonalFinance.com. That is McGillPersonalFinance.com. Or you can just check out the show notes for this episode, JessicaMorehouse.com slash 390. I will link it in there. And it will also include information of things that we talked about, the transcript, some key takeaways from this episode, and of course, the video of this interview. If you want to check that out, share it with friends whatever you want to do. A few reminders. So I am giving away a few books of past guests. So I'm giving away a copy of Career Forward from last week's guest. And I'm also giving away a copy of The Pandemic Paradox from our first guest of the season, Scott Fulford. That was episode 389. And just a reference, last week was episode 389 with Grace Puma and Christiana Smith-Shee. So if you want to enter to win those books, please do jessicamorehouse.com slash contest is where you can find in that information. Also, if you don't know, because we kind of talked about, you know, online courses, I do have an online course. It's called Wealth Building Blueprint for Canadians. It's been around for over three years now. What? How did that happen? Over 400 students are in it. It is by application and admits by me only. So you do have to go through a few hoops to make sure it is a good fit for you and you're a good fit for the course. But if you want to find more information about it, just go to jessicamorehouse.com slash course. But it is my my investing course all about boring passive investing. That's right. I don't care about getting rich quick. I just want to get rich slowly, but eventually. Okay. That is how I live my life. And so if you want to learn all the ins and outs of investing, if you're Canadian and how to, you know, build a diversified portfolio of index funds so you can reach your goals, whatever they are, retirement, buying a home one day, short, long-term goals, whatever. All the information is in this course that is pretty comprehensive. You can check out reviews and you can ask me whatever question you want if you apply and then it's a you get accepted for a phone call with me and then you have a, a call with me over Zoom to chat and I can answer any questions that you have and make sure it's a good fit for what you want to do. So jessicamorehouse.com slash course. And lastly, if you want to get your financial house together, I always recommend a budget. And hey, I actually have some budget spreadsheets on my website, jessicamorehouse.com slash shop. If you want to check those out, I have them for literally any situation. If you work for a company, if you work for a company and have a side hustle, if you work for a company, but your husband or wife or partner of any sort is uh, self-employed. You know, like any situation I could think of, I made a spreadsheet for it. So yeah, check it out. JessicaMorris.com slash shop. I think that's all I have to share at the minute. And of course, a big thank you to my wonderful podcast team, video edit done by Justice Carrar and produced by MRAVCanada.com. So thanks again for sticking around. I will see you back here next Wednesday with a fresh new episode of the More Money Podcast. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.